Ready. Hey. Just in the middle of the field, 45, 50. Green grass in front of him, leaving Lions in his way. I am Jeff Joniak. Blitz is on. Down he goes. Brisker. What was it like playing for Coach Dicka? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions like that. 61 yards. Ooh. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. No way. Three, four, three. And ta-da, and ta-da, and ta-da. Now, Bears Etc. with the voices of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak, and Tom Another newsy day up at Hattles Hall as the Bears begin the work week on the practice field for the defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs. We'll discuss why on episode 18 of the Bears Etc. podcast. Good to be alongside Tom Thayer, my Super Bowl winning Bear buddy. I'm Jeff Joniak. Joining us today will be the veteran voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. And thanks to our producers, Dan Brilli, Jordan Treadup, and Katie Tuber. Uh, let's get right to the chase statement uh, today from the Bears that uh, they've accepted the resignation of defensive coordinator Allen Williams as he deals with some personal issues. So uh, Matt Eberflus will continue on as uh, the man calling the plays and be the head coach. And so spreading thin to help on both sides of the ball. But, Tom, I know I was asked on uh, ESPN 1000 with uh, Waddle and Sylvie on um, Wednesday afternoon, you know, should he go out and hire a defensive coordinator? Could he bring in a Rod Marinelli? Could he bring you know, even up Lovey Smith? And I said, no, there's plenty of examples. No. We just got done with one in Tampa. Todd Bowles calls the plays and runs the show for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not unusual. It's his defense to begin with. And I think just hit the ground running now and move forward. You know, my only suggestion would be that earlier Wednesday at the podium, he talked about the distribution of his time as the head coach. Now that they have this information, I think he should dis- distribute his time as the defensive coordinator and allow the offensive coordinate the offensive coaches to handle the offense. And it's been done before, so you're not you're not releasing any of your duties. You're just focusing your time on getting this defense pointed in the right direction. Yeah. So at this point, it's only week three in the season. Plenty of time, obviously, but there needs to be some stability here right now. Uh, you know, Justin Fields at the podium was the other big uh, story today and then invited players, uh, um, reporters after uh, the interview in the locker room to discuss how he presented that information after practice. And, uh, you know, he's putting it on his shoulders. It is on his shoulders. He, he's trying to find his own clarity to be a better quarterback and, uh, as you talk about thinking as a, as a as a as a rule in football is not the best, but when you're playing quarterback, and I just talked to Jim Miller about this, our good buddy who always always helps us out on Bears uh, Weekly during the uh, off season. You know, whatever word you want to use, processing is thinking. Thinking is processing. You, you, it's a thinking man's position, but when it's time to grip it and rip it, you rip it. And, and there's times you have to uh, diagnose and understand and try to figure out what the defense is doing to you. Yeah, but, you know, one thing that frustrates me for the quarterback position is they make them go to the podium immediately following the game, and then they make them go back on Wednesday. To me, one of those should be washed out. First of all, if you are, as an offensive lineman, if you asked me to go to the podium immediately following the game and give you answers why things worked or didn't work, I couldn't do it because I need to go back and study the film because there's so many moving parts to the football team. And so one of the two days, and to me, I wish it was at the podium immediately following the game. Then you get out there on Wednesday when you had a time for tape evaluation, you could probably give clearer answers. But when you're peppered from every different direction, you know, sometimes you just say something that you wish you could take back. But now in the modern day world of social media and everybody trying to capture a story, 
You can't do it. Well, the funny thing is, even you and I just watching a game, we get frustrated. We say things that maybe we don't mean, then we watch tape and, you know, either confirms our feelings, right? Or we say, well, wait a minute, because you've done this already here on the short term this season. You, you know, you, you've said, now, wait a minute. Now, now this, this was better than I thought, or this was worse than I thought, or whatever. Uh, and as a player then, when you did interviews, they didn't have podiums back then. They, they either they went to your locker and you gave whatever spiel you gave. And I don't know how accommodating you were as a player. Did you did you feel you had to answer questions? I know you uh, you know after the game you were on on radio shows during the course of the week as a player. All you guys were. But how did you handle media coming to your locker right after a game? I, I was fine because I felt that I could answer any question that was asked of me. But I had a lot of experience with that at Notre Dame because Notre Dame, I went through the first losing season in 18 years. And so there was probably more media in our locker rooms after a losing season <laughs> than after a winning season. In my sophomore year, we played Georgia for the national championship. So you learn about what life behind the microphone is going to be like when you get to the NFL. But I was also very cautious what I said because of Mike Ditka. And I remembered one time disagreeing with a choice that he made not to go for it on a fourth and two situation. I said it. They wrote about it in the paper. He <laughs> called me to his golf cart on my way out to practice. He yelled at me, yelled at me, yelled at me some more. And so then it just made me think about every single answer I said. And, you know, it's a different way of life nowadays than it was back then. But you're still going to get criticized by the head coach if he reads something you don't like. Uh, the, the gist of Justin afterwards said, I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on my teammates. Never will you hear that. So I just want to clear that up. Just know that I need to play better, point blank. That's it. And and frankly, from my perspective, uh, whether I'm a, I'm a fan or a, here an observer of what transpires each and every day up here at Hallis Hall and in, on Sundays uh, when we call the games, that's all I need to hear. Uh, and it also tells me he is a competitive guy. We always hear that. I mean, we were in Indianapolis. I saw him in, you know, uh, during their off time. Uh, but after practice and before a meal, uh, playing in the, uh, the you know playing ping pong and you know right. competitive. He's competitive and he wants to be great. He wants to he wants to figure this out. It's not like he's just resting on his laurels. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks come through here that maybe didn't have that same mindset. So I, I appreciate the mindset. So let's let's hope this is the beginning of a new day. It, it's a early part of the season. And uh, you're going in to face the world champions. Everybody should have the mindset, Tom, like, okay, forget if there was nothing going on. What, what if it was just a clean road, everybody's healthy, you're going into a stadium to take on the world champs. You'd be, that's the game you circled in May as, oh, we get to play the world champs in their building, and we're going to try to slay the king, right? I mean, you're going to the kingdom. They call it the kingdom. Go, go there, play just – completely rambunctious and get the job done and pull an upset and see what happens. You know, at the conclusion of the game, when you do go and watch the film, it's all about how do you make corrections? You don't sit there and dwell on the mistakes and just think about the mistakes. You said, okay, I made a mistake here. What do I do the next time I run the same play and how do I get better? And I think when you look at how does Justin Fields get better, it's partly coaching and it's partly Justin. No one has all the responsibility here, but it is about making sure 
you watch the film in order to get better. Uh, Tom, now listen. Okay, you've you've mentioned it more than once, but now we got a new day podcast here. We got a, a preview <laughs> for the Kansas City Chiefs. So as you close your eyes and dream up a game plan for Justin Fields within the context of the scheme of the team and Luke Getzey and his offensive staff, what their designs are against Kansas City now, because you're you're game planning the world champions with a a much better defense than maybe people want to give them credit for, and Chris Jones is back, and Steve Spagnuolo brings pressure and all that. What would you like to see Sunday from Justin Fields and the offense? Do you really want me to tell you my secrets? Because I have, <laughs> I have an exact plan in mind what I would do for him right. starting we can make Sunday. An, we can make an editorial comment. This, this is uh, an opinion of Tom Thayer's an idea of Tom Thayer's not representing the Chicago Bears no. coaching staff in a game plan. Okay, Jeff, how wide is a field? 53 and a half yards, buddy. There you go. So every single snap, or not every single snap, but nine out of 10 snaps, I'm taking half of that field away from him. Everything is going to move to one side of the field. The reads are going to be immediate. It's going to be one, two, they're not there, run. And it's going to be rolls. It's going to be bootlegs. It's going to be waggles. It's going to be play action. It's going to be an aggressive form of passing where my decisions are made immediately. When I One of the things I saw in training camp, I thought that they could really run an interesting two-man game to one side of the field. And that's Claypool and DJ Moore or Darnell and D or whatever two receivers you want to put out there, including Cole Komet. And so the immediacy of the decision is going to be visually right there for you because both receivers are going to be kind of leveled on each other. And then if Justin doesn't see what he likes, then you take off and then you run the ball. And so that does one thing for me is it makes blocking more aggressive, simpler for the offensive line. And if you don't have a plan of attack that includes the protection by the offensive line, you're never going to be successful with Justin just sitting inside the confines of a pocket because now it's outside rushers that create contain. Now you're kind of in a cup. And then you got the defensive tackles that are going to have some push forward and they're going to close that distance. So 53 yards, cut it in half. My game is going to be one way or the other, and I'm going to use the blessed ability of Justin Fields. He's got arm talent. He's got accuracy. He's got distance. They have talented receivers, but they are not going to pressure me from the pocket. And so now Steve Spagnola, if he has all these sophisticated blitzes that are coming from the interior, he's already away from those guys. Now my offensive line, they don't necessarily need to have a vocal count because you're not going to hear it in Kansas City, but they are going to explode off the line of scrimmage. Make them they pay. Are gonna, they are going to blow up, but they're going to do it in a direction, Jeff. So they necessarily don't know who is their pass protector. They don't know how to set Chris Jones on the most vulnerable person in there. And, you know, we used to, it, it was Hilgi. Jay always used to call the bootleg the play of the 90s. Right. Because – it's the easiest play that you can possibly run. It's the most successful blocking scheme an offensive line that has some susceptibility on the road can use. And and it's half field. To me, that's, that's my game plan. Yeah, so, and that's a half field play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's a half field I'm, play. I'm not going to have Justin drop straight back and read 53 yards. I'm going to have Justin use his blessings 
Get to the outside. One, two, go. Plus, if I'm one, not, two, open throw. If I'm not mistaken, too, and we, we, we discussed great defensive linemen over the years in our 27 years together, and, you know, you're a couple things. One, use their aggressiveness against them and get them running. Get them running horizontally, you know, so they're just not charging through a gap upfield, uh, you know, relentlessly and using – all their toolbox, get them moving a little bit. And so that's what I would want Chris Jones, get them moving. I was telling you about a game when we played the Buffalo Bills when they had the great Bruce Smith and Daryl Talley and Fred Smurlis and the rest of these great defensive linemen. If you kids are too young, go and look them up. But um, we didn't throw any drop-back passes. Everything was play-action. And we are super aggressive. And though, so they were confused. Is this a run or are they throwing the ball again? And the quarterback had a great day and we beat him convincingly. So I think that's something of when you have um, some deficiencies, you can revisit that type of game planning. So we're brought to you by Miller Lite, the <laughs> official beer of the Chicago Bears. Tastes like Miller Time Chicago. And take a chance, download the Bet Rivers app today. Let's pause right now and move into our interview with uh, the great Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, my man's here. Mitch Holtis, uh, one of the guys I've looked up to in this business uh, since I got involved with play-by-play 23 years ago. I remember pulling you aside at a Kansas City game, introducing myself. I was nervous as hell. Honestly, I said, I got to meet this guy because I just love how you call a game. Mitch Holtis, the veteran voice of uh, the kingdom, as he calls it, and as they call it in Kansas City, a very unique and special time happening in Kansas City right now, but has to have been the time of your life here uh, since Andy Reid took over in Kansas City. Jeff, it's only my 30th season, and I can really categorize them into segments. <laughs> the first five were with Marty Schottenheimer, the last five of his time in Kansas City, and he was a phenomenal man and coach. The next 14 were the time in the wilderness. Yep. Okay, looking for manna to come down. Uh <laughs> But three playoff appearances, two of those, the Chiefs weren't even competitive. And honestly, it was just, it was brutal. And then it got reached ahead in, it was two, two and 14 seasons. And then in uh, 2009, I'm sorry, 2012, we had a player, you know, that uh, took his girlfriend's life, who just happened to be Jamal Charles, our star running back's wife's cousin. Then he took his own life on the front steps of our facility. It doesn't get any worse than that. It was a bad bad environment a lot of bad and then Andy Reid came and it's like the old movie Pleasantville like people just started popping up in color one at a time and truthfully this has been a phenomenal 11 seasons uh nine or 10 straight winning years uh to win two Super Bowls in a four-year span to go to three in many ways has been unparalleled to host five straight AFC championship games is that's history uh it's never been done by any team in either conference uh, to win the division, which is a division that's much like yours. Uh, it's historic, and it's very, very tightly contested. Every division team has won to 15 division titles uh, in 60-plus years, and yet we've won it seven straight years. I mean, that's never been done. Only second in NFL history behind the Patriots run. So, yeah, we're, we're in unprecedented times, at least in the Chiefs' kingdom, but historically it gets compared now to some of the greatest uh, in the league. Yeah, you know, I was the Bulls' um, pre- and post-game co-host during the Jordan era, and you knew every single night, once they started winning and they started collecting championships with MJ, every night was a show. Every game's a show with, with the Chiefs. It's the whole hunted and being hunted thing, right? 
And every snap matters, just like uh, MJ and the boys, every dribble mattered because everybody was out to get them, and they couldn't do it. Uh, Is there that sense now? For you as a broadcaster, you know, I haven't called many playoff games in my 23 years, and I've been involved with the organization for 27 years, and it's it's been a roller coaster ride. So when you get to a playoff game, it's like a massive treat. Now you're used to it. You know you're going to the playoffs every year. I mean, do you feel, though, that, that every snap matters throughout the regular season now because it's, it's Andy, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Chris Jones, it's, you never know what's going to pop up next? Your assertion is spot on, and I'm glad you brought it up that way. And your analogy with the Bulls I don't think is far off because you could put Kelsey in the Scottie Pippen role. I mean, it's, you've got two of the greatest to ever do it that are doing it now year after year after year. Kelsey's redefined oh. the tight end position uh, and the fact that now we talk about pass catchers. When your audience hears this, they'll go, what? Because if you look at playoff history, Kelsey with receptions, yards, and touchdowns, only Jerry Rice has more than Kelsey in NFL history. Okay? Wow. So that goes beyond, beyond tight ends. Uh, but your assertion about every play matters is so spot on. It's even intensified where only one team now gets the bye. And we've seen the AFC just go all in, man. Yeah. They're just like, they spend every waking minute. And this is going to sound arrogant. I don't want it to be arrogant. Um, but it, this goes back to the Bulls. Uh, every AFC team has spent every waking minute figuring out a way to knock us off. And even the narrative last year was these guys lose, lose Tyree Kill. They're going to be covered in, by, in volcanic ash by Halloween. <laughs> And all this stuff. And then that's why when I said when the Chiefs beat Cincinnati in the AFC championship game to get a another Lamar Hunt trophy, I said, you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. But you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. And you can say the same thing about the Bulls. It wasn't an arrogant statement. It was more of like, all oh, this was pent up inside. Uh, but, yeah, Mahomes to Jordan is a very accurate um, analogy when you look at the competitiveness the unique athletic skill of the two and their creativity. Um, I, I think that's that's really, really good on your Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, our guest on Bears, etc. Uh, as we come to you from Hallis Hall today, we'll break down the uh, matchups in this one with Tom Thayer a bit later on in the program. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to even bring in the NBA angle, but I, I was asked about him the other day by a bunch of Bears fans, Mahomes, and I said, you know, uh, we've seen some great ball handlers in the NFL in history, uh, the guys who can carry out the fakes. I mean, I think of how Peyton Manning set up play action. You never knew it was a pass or a run throughout the course of his career. Uh, but Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, they are point guards. Patrick Mahomes may be the best point guard in NFL history because it's just you never know where it's coming from, why, how, and uh, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's just he is hard to figure out and hard to stop. Would you say that's a fair representation about the underrated aspect of his game is the ball handling, the ball faking? Very fair. And let me relate to you a story. So it's 2018. People forget he apprenticed for all of 2017, did not play. So when you see these stats of like in his first six years or a quarterback, he gets compared. He basically didn't have a rookie year, but he did. It was all spent uh, with – but I said he, he was playing Augusta, but never playing the Masters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I was on with Greg Papa. Then the touchdown Raiders. Now he's like San Francisco, and he goes, "I know I'm ripping off your deal because I'm Kansas City." He called me. He goes, "Hey, dude, I'm gonna rip it off." It's you flattery. Know? It's flattery. Well, okay, fine. But I was on his calling show, right? I was on a show like this, and I could hear his like co-host and producer, and they go, what, "Who does Mahomes remind you of?" And I go, "Steph Curry," and I could hear them all like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Yeah, well, yeah. What's he? Home run. The yeah. Year they had me back on, going, "Dude." You're right. Yeah. So your ball handling um, is he's phenomenal. And you throw that in with the uh, NASA scientists that surround him. And then Andy Reed with motions and de- deception. And, but yes, I mean, he is, maybe he's like metal arc lemon in the globe <laughs> back in the day, but his ball handling is he'll drive linebackers crazy. And we're very hard to play if you don't play us a lot. We're kind of hard to play if you do play us a lot. We're 37-5 and five against the AFC West this last six years. And I don't mean that to be arrogant. It's just – it's like, what? I mean, this division's really good. But, I mean, 37-5, and five, mm-hmm. well, a lot of it is he's hard to play against. And uh, his ball handling is is phenomenal. I don't, I don't think we've seen anything like it in the league. What would you think uh, – and I'm not sure they haven't talked, but maybe they, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. What do you think – Knowing now Patrick Mahomes, what his advice would be for Justin Fields as he enters a, a really important time right now, week three of his third NFL season. Hang in there. This has not all been unicorns and candy canes for Patrick Mahomes. I remember him losing back-to-back games in 2018. I remember having discussions with him in his that apprentice year of 2017. I remember a couple times we just got together and just chopped it up. But I was really interested because if you look at his Tyler Whitehouse high school days, he's either winning or losing games like 69 to 67, right? And I go, that's not the NFL. If you go back and look at Texas Tech, he would lose to K-State 71 to 69 <laughs> if he threw for 700. I go, that's not the NFL. Like, So he had to uh, adjust. And then in 2019, he had the injury. He There was a, a bad October. Looked like the train was going to be taken off the track. And he, again, was surrounded by great people and hung in there. The same thing happened last year, right? He had the he had the injury against Jacksonville. to come out of the game. We went on a 98-yard drive with Chad Henney, uh, quarterback, you know, Methuselah Moses. And uh, then we go to the Super Bowl, and, and he gets knocked out, basically. And he is thank you to, you know, for the long halftime. But what he would I, – I don't know if they have talked or not. I kind of hope they would. Because Justin right now is getting thrown all kinds of shade on him. He's dealing with tension of external and internal. And I don't mean internal. I mean inside his own psyche, right? I watched him at Ohio State. This kid's a confident kid. I I watched him last year. And so the question, I think, is, is he Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick? I mean, that 1,125, you're going, oh, my God. That's something else. That right? was special. That's three that in the was. history of the league. Yeah, that right? was special. So, and I know you got to be a pocket passer. You got to hit the seven route. You got to hit the nine route. The biggest thing is you've got to go down four, less than three minutes, and I got to go 75 or 80 yards. Mahomes had to learn that. There was a growth curve. And where fans, I think, can hit the quick trigger is like he's six and 23 and blah, blah. Well, he's dealt with a lot. Just, I think Mahomes would say, you're a talented dude. You've got upside and ceiling here. Just hang in there. 
But we also know what you can do, and don't lose that either. And that is the ability to run the ball, a.k.a. Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick. All right, we got a couple of guys uh, that you faced last year in important uh, key high-leverage moments. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, in the Super Bowl. T.J. Edwards, my man from uh, Lakes Community here in the Chicago area. First guy to sign in free agency, Mitch. First guy, because he wanted to be a bear. He grew up a bear, blood, navy blue and orange, house parties at his at his home out here in the northern suburbs. Every week it was in him. He had to be a bear. So he's a bear. And Tremaine Edmonds in that great Buffalo classic with you guys. Uh, can these guys be a channel for change, those two linebackers, uh, together now as guys who are only – in my estimation, like a half dozen guys on this roster who in their NFL careers, in games that they played, have winning records. That's it. This team is, is not a team full of guys that have learned how to win or have winning records. Does that matter that those two guys are here? No question. And they've seen it happen. They didn't walk into winning necessarily. Um, maybe Tremaine a little bit with the Bills, but they were still at the start of their what they are now and what they've been the last several years. And so it's like they have seen the secrets of the, the sauce, right? They've seen what goes into the mix and that a week to week thing of the, you, you know, overreaction or thinking, gosh, we will never get there uh, can be a tumor that grows inside the, the body, right? Those two guys, that's, those are great examples because they've been around recent winning at a high level. Right. These guys have played in championship games or a Super Bowl. And so they become a do they do. I like your word catalyst. They become a um, impetus for the rest of the guys. How do we handle this? What do we do? All right, guys, even on the offensive side, Jeff, what people do not realize, there's a lot of under, untold stories about the Chiefs in this 11 years now. And one of them, and here's where Mahomes fits right in, is that football teams, and I don't care, and we've seen it. I'm a Northwestern fan. Gosh, just, just turn me <laughs> up seeing there. But it can be the U of I. It can be Northwestern. It can be Glenbard. I don't know. But football teams can be fractured a hundred ways. Yeah. Because you have subcultures. It's a, it's not the Bulls, right? You have a defense and offense, special teams. You've got personnel. You've got coaching. It can just – I've seen it fracture a hundred ways. But when you get a flow, here's where I think the next step is for the Bears. When you get this flow of what we've had now for 10 years, a vertical and horizontal understanding, idea exchanging, influence. Mahomes works with Spagnolo, our defensive coordinator, and some of our defensive players, not as much as he does with the offense, but it would shock you. Hmm. Um, he'll walk into the defensive meeting or during camp and go, hey, you guys were showing me this. What is what what were you doing here? And what should I do? Or how do I and, and Spags and the guys will go, okay, right? We're showing you something that that the Jags will show you in week two, because the Jags are pretty tricky. I'll give you another example. Last year we played the Titans and we were, man, we were stuck in mud and we're just kind of mudding through it. Hard game. We win Monday night football. But the defense, it was like it was like our week two win over the Jags. Give it to the defense, right? And so the award, it was Sunday night football, I think. And so Mahomes got the fickle finger of fate award or whatever they hand out, you know, here you go. So, and he's like, why am I got this? He walked the next day. He goes into the defensive team meeting. and goes, this is your guys's. This isn't mine. You guys won that game. Spags told me, and you got to understand Spags has coached 
for yeah. 50 years or whatever. I saw his resume yesterday. Place. I can't believe it, how, how deep it goes, yeah. He said it's only happened one other time, and it was with the Giants back in the days of, you know, those great defenses he had in 07. But he goes, here comes this dude who comes into our team meeting and goes, this ain't me, it's you guys. And that's when Spags goes, that's why we get teams off the field so we can give the ball back to this guy. There, there is zero jealousy. In fact, there's this flow of information. So you, why am I telling you this? It's because of those defensive guys who have won, who can have influence on the offense. Yeah. And that's when you get that role in an organization, it's, it goes a long way. Not asking you for company secrets as we wrap things up here on Bears, etc. with the great Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. So we just got through Todd Bowles and his pressure packages. They're different than what Spags puts together. What is his secret sauce in terms of a young quarterback going in there? On the road in Kansas City, no less. That place, the last time I was there, the building was shaking as I stood there in the booth. I could feel it. Huh? You beat us 18 to 17. I can still see colors still the fourth day. <laughs> I still see it in my sleep. Color wasn't even wearing a face mask. He, was, he had like a cocktail and a cigarette. He's like, okay. It was like Bobby Lane. Yeah. He was like, oh, I better throw it over there. And I'm yeah. like, oh, we just lost 18 to 17. Uh, so, hey, you got our attention. But to answer your question, Spags, Mike Dana, I had Mike Dana on a similar show yesterday. And Dana goes, he's a wizard. Yeah. The guy's a wizard. Here, here's This is the best defense the Chiefs have had potentially in the Andy Reid era. Wow. And here's why. Let, let, me, give you, let me give you a couple things. Well, Chris one, Jones is back number one. That helps. Uh, that helps a lot. Um, but we won a Super Bowl last year, Jeff, and we had eight rookies on our defense and won a Super Bowl. That's an all-time NFL record. Right? Wow. And you guys were the only guys playing more rookies than us on defense last year and during the season. All right. Now we've added to that. But why is that important? Because Spags is the – he's as creative on defense as a lot of offensive coaches are because don't put an S on a guy saying that's a safety. He might be a slot corner or a weak side backer. Don't put a, oh, he's the Mike and he's the Will. Nope, they're all moving around. Uh, and they will move personnel around as much as his strategic packages. That's what makes it difficult. You don't know where it's coming. Chris Jones, where's he lining up? But, oh, look out for the other guys because they. this is a pretty good defense now. They've gone two games and given up two yeah. touchdowns. We lose to your friends, the Lions, on a pick six. Yep. Let's be honest. And drop passes that equaled, uh, well, I call them hidden yardage. It's a big factor for both our teams right now. It sure is. 100%. The penalty yardage, not just the penalty yardage, but the, the yards you lose, tip passes, and the drops. Yeah. Right? We're 31st in drops, you're 27th. Yeah. All right. That being said, the defense won that game. It's 14 points, guys, and we did. But two touchdowns in two weeks. Um, I But you're coming after us. you got runners. I can't believe how Texas ever lost the game with Roshan Jones right. <laughs> in the yeah. same backfield. Right. Like, what are you guys doing? But anyway, point is – Spags will throw you fastballs, curves, sliders, cutters, but he'll throw them right-handed and left-handed. It's really unique. It's, it's very different than anything you see in the NFL. Big jab ahead for Justin Fields and the Bears. We'll see you on Sunday, man. A little bit hey, of a bro. welcome mat for us, right? We love going there. It's one of the most unique venues to go as a fan or as a broadcaster. Looking forward to it. You know what? This has been one of the more demanded tickets over the past five years. And a lot of it is Bears fans are making this pilgrimage. They're, pe- they're spending money. Market. They're spending it's money. It's crazy. 
They want it. They, yeah, they got lots of money, but they they got your money. They want it, but they want to see it, man. They want to feel it and taste it. So it'll be a fun Sunday, my brother. Thanks for your time. Travel well. All right. One thing I love about Mitch Holt is he calls a great game. He knows the game. He knows the game very yeah. well. You can hear it in his calls, and I always I always respect that. And he's feeding the beast, so to speak. That fan base knows football. They they love their Kansas City Chiefs even before they were winning all these last ten years under uh, Andy Reid. Uh, but he also he knows to hit all the touch points for the passion of that team. And his, his historical referencing is is unbelievable. So I enjoy talking to him a great deal, and I appreciate him taking the time, Tommy. Right, let me ask you a question, time. though. Yeah. So I, I was reading something by him, and he says he's always nervous before the first preseason game, even though he's been doing this for 30 years. Do you get nervous yes. before the first preseason? Okay. Yes, and here's why. Well, and I know he, he doesn't do much other play-by-play. He, he used to do some college basketball, and he may still, I don't know, but I don't at this point in my career. So, you know, it's like talking a different language on game day. So I, you know, you know my daughters, Kelly and Caitlin very well, your uncle Tom to them. Uh, and they asked me that same question this year. Do you still get nervous? And yeah, because it's just, you're reacting to something that you don't normally react to. And you're just, you gotta, you gotta go. It's like, it's a, here's how, here's how I exam, you know, the very first game I ever did, if as you recall, with Hub Arkish in the booth, we had a three-man booth. We're at Soldier Field. It was old Soldier Field before the renovation, and we're it was a preseason game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I remember, you know, you're you're you jump you're going at the end of a high high dive board, and you you have no choice. You can't turn around and go back. You just got to jump, right. and that, and that's what preseason football is. And and to some extent, when the games get bigger, you do you, you get more butterflies. Like you know, I was talking to Devin Hester last weekend in Orlando, and he asked me. He goes, yeah, how, how do you prepare and do you, do you rehearse? And I go, there's no rehearsing in football. You can't, you can't, there's no practice. You're not going Wednesday, Thursday and uh, go walk through on Saturday morning. No, you can't, you just have to react. And so <clears throat> it, it's the bigger the game, the more at stake, in my opinion, for every single snap you got to call because you never know when that next great play that will be on NFL Films for perpetuity and you hope you nailed it. Do you, so that, do you get nervous? So th- no, so that ESPN commercial I saw by you that you sleep with the Super Bowl trophy <laughs> and the microphone, that's really what you do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that one, see, it wasn't me that made It's you and Kate, Caitlin called me up, FaceTimed me, and was literally had tears of laughter. She yes. said, Tom delivered the line of lines. <laughs> Nature. Right. <laughs> nature. It was... A, it was nature, so it's wild. No, nature, it's amazing. Or something like yes, that. But yeah. you but the it's the it's how you delivered it. It's how you delivered it. So that, those are fun. Uh this is ESPN takeoff uh, from the local uh, uh, uh local think tank very of funny, good karma brands. Funny. Yeah, if you check them out online now. For all your journeys ahead, go with a partner who's been on your team from the beginning, the one members and communities have trusted for over eighty five years. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois always standing by you, with you, for you. Through it all. All right, Braxton Jones. We we complimented his durability, his ability to make every snap uh, throughout the course of his early career here with the Bears. Now he's going to be down at least four games. I did see him in the locker room on Wednesday briefly. He says, "I'm gonna, I'm going to be okay. Uh, you know, I just I, I just we're we're going to be fine. We're going to be good. Aside good. from the injury to a neck, which you have to take seriously, how can he improve? This was a a, a bit of a shock maybe to his system these first two games of 2023." 
You got to stay in the meetings, man. You got to stay in the meetings and prepare as an active player. You can't lose mental. You, you like you can lose yourself mentally in four weeks or however long this is going to take to recover. So Chris Morgan has to school him, has to drill him, has to ask him questions as if he's the starting left tackle and make sure that he stays mentally involved. And that's, what he needs to do, whatever type of training he can do on his lower body, he's got to still be able to do that. He's got to be on the stationary bike. He's got to do his conditioning to keep going. So when he is ready to come back, he can do it without skipping a beat in four weeks. Obviously the weather's going to be cooler. So it's not going to be as strenuous as it was in Tampa or 80 degrees and cloudy with 30% chance of rain this week in Kansas city. So uh, you know, it'll, it'll come back to better conditions, but it's all about him staying into it mentally. Here again then in the big picture, and Lucas Patrick was unable to practice on Wednesday with an illness, so this continuity we seek is not going to be there for many, many more weeks without the five intended parts to the puzzle. So uh, are you concerned about this moving forward about the offensive line? Now, right now, Avion Cl- Collins will be the swing tackle, I assume, and Larry Bourne will get the crack at left tackle. Unless they decide to move Darnell right from right to left, would you be in okay with that if that happened? I would be. Um, you know, I, I think Larry Borum he's fortunate to have the versatility and the athleticism to be to play both sides. But maybe if you can get a guy like Darnell Wright and prove to coaches that he is a solid left tackle. Maybe that is his future for this offensive line. So it doesn't surprise me nowadays in the NFL that teams have very little continuity on the offensive line because guys miss so many games nowadays. But just think if this experiment worked out and said, oh, my God, Darnell Wright is making this left side of the line more powerful. He works well with Cody Whitehair, works well with the tight end position. Now we can Larry Borm, Braxton, uh, Braxton Jones, Avante Collins, we can – figure out who is the best suited at the right tackle position. So um, if I, but you know, one thing I would have to do is I would have to have a period of two of 100% uh, effort. I can't, I can't examine his left tackle ability by going out there in no pads and practicing at 50%. That's unrealistic. So if you really want to see if you have a diamond in the rough in Darnell Wright, um, I, I think you really have to have a couple periods that it's, it's su- supreme effort. Now, the other side of the thinking is don't disturb a young player, and Coach Eberflus did indicate that. Keep him at right tackle where he's been trained from day one here. Uh, and, and, and would you be open to going out and seeing what else is available out there, somebody that's re, you know a veteran no. of some sort? You don't want to bring anybody no. else in? Okay. You know, that, that's going to that's gonna take me a solid 14 days, which is two games minimum, maybe 21 days to have this quarterback come in and learn every assignment to its exact. And how do you no, work No, not with, quarterback. I'm talking about no, offensive line. That's what I'm talking oh, about. Okay. Oh, okay. It's going to take you a period of time before you have a player that can come in here and learn every single one of his assignments first, second, and third down on pass, on run, on moving pocket, play action, RPOs, um, all the different responsibilities you have. So, no, you know, Ryan Poles does a nice job of judging offensive line, and I think whomever is going to be that next guy is in the room already. 
Good news, Chicago United Airlines is getting brand new planes with all the bells and whistles like Bluetooth connectivity, screens at every seat, and room for everyone's roller bag. United, proud to fly the Chicago Bears, and you too. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer on Bears, etc. All right, let's dig into the Chiefs a little bit. Uh, what are you seeing on tape? Let's start with defense and what Justin's going to have to deal with. Obviously, the, the blitz packages, you know, it's different than what the uh, Bowles does in Tampa. They do play a lot of zone coverage on the back end. They don't want to give up big plays. They will run some risky stuff up front, try to get home and 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 create some uh, indecision and force turnovers. Uh, but overall, I, I, can can the Bears, for example, run against this team? Can they defuse the bomb that is Chris Jones? Yeah, they can. You know, Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, is a talented guy, and he knows how to use his talent. He'll move Chris Jones all around the up the line of scrimmage. They have good pressure for outside. <clears throat> so, to me, I'm going to set up a plan where if Chris Jones, I'm going to I'm going to set him up. I'm going to have maybe strength to the left, and I'm going to have Chris Jones go to that three technique tackle or that defensive end position, and I'm going to run right. But I'm going to call it in the huddle every every play. Example: blah blah blah. You know, three, two or three. That's just you know the two hole to the right, the three hole to the left. However, you number your holes. So I'm going to go up there, and it's going to be a complete check with me type of a game. And that way, I'm always going to not always run away from Chris Jones, but when I feel confidently that I designed a play that I can run towards their vulnerability, then that's uh, that's the way I, w- I would try to do it. So uh, as I researched this, 10 different Kansas City Chiefs piled up 24 pressures against Trevor Lawrence last week. Last week. Yeah. What, what does that indicate to you? 10. Well, they know Trevor Lawrence is a drop-back quarterback. They know that he's going to be on that spot. You know how we always hear yeah. during training camp, we got to get the quarterback off his spot. Well, they know what Trevor Lawrence is. He is the type of guy that he's got athleticism, but he's a tall, straight, drop-back quarterback. So we need to get to that spot. And that's what uh, Kansas City does, and that's what they do to whomever's playing quarterback. So that's why the suggestion of what they could do for Justin is don't set him on that spot or you're just asking for trouble. And it doesn't surprise me because Spagnola, like I said, he's been a defensive coordinator for a long time in the NFL. And then he has an offense through up until this this year here that scores a lot of points that he can take more chances because he knows that Patrick Mahomes could get him out of it. All right, let's flip to the offensive side of the ball. So many keys here. Uh, how do you deal with a playmaking guard, so to speak, and Patrick Mahomes and the unique relationship with Travis Kelsey? Still working himself into shape. He had nine <coughs> targets, just four catches last week, but he can do some damage because he just they just know each other. They, they are the two-man game. Well, first of all, if Patrick Mahomes, you have to interrupt this creativity. He's the most creative quarterback in the NFL. Arm angle, thinking process, uh, diverse type of throws, head fakes, eye fakes. When he lost the Super Bowl against Todd Poles, <clears throat> Todd Poles put him in a retreat position. And so the Bears are 0-2. If you want to take a chance against Patrick Mahomes, if you lose the game, you lose the game. But don't lose it not being aggressive. Try to take advantage of some of the skill that you have on defense and put Patrick Mahomes in a retreat position and try to get him off the spot. Have him throwing off the wrong type of foundation. Try to make him look for open targets while he's trying to escape pressure. And they have guys that are, are capable of doing that. Um, and 
listen, man, you're going to have to take some chances because you're just not going to sit there in a vanilla type defense and let him pick you apart. Play with reckless abandon. Coach with reckless abandon. This is the world champs. You're going in, not that they care, but the outside in Vegas says you're a 13 point underdog. You're a two touchdown underdog, which is rare in the NFL these days. On the road at Kansas City, it's going to be raucous. I do know Bears fans are trying to buy up some tickets and will be there making some noise, but they're going to have had to spend a lot of money to get into that place and, and get through the big red wave that is the Kansas City Chiefs uh, fan base. So, you know, I, an old football coach at Iowa State by the name of Jim Craner, he always used to say, just, I want my guys to play with reckless abandon. So, yep. play with reckless abandon. You know, that's, I, I, that's the I only think- way to do it. Well, one thing, too, it's not just offense and defense in this game because former special teams coordinator Dave Tobe works over there. If I have any fourth and one or fourth and two, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'd be super suspicious. Yeah, there you go. Um, High alert for sure, yes. Any type of creative type plays that he is willing to do, uh, you know, he's he's – you know, almost the face of special teams coaches right now in the NFL. He's had a lot of success. He had a fake punt run against him in week one, and you know that he's still steaming from having that happen. I do know he also uh, is very serious about ball security. Richie James Jr. had a muff punt uh, last week, so he is the return specialist for now. But they have others on there. That could be a change there for all we know uh, headed towards kickoff. All right, well, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Always am uh, when you go to a, uh, take on a great team. Uh, you don't see the greatest of the great players very often in this league. There are any, only so many, and two of them are right there in Mahomes and Kelsey, and you can throw the defensive lineman in there as well and Chris Jones, big time. You know, one thing about Kansas City, though, Jeff, there's a lot of distractions. So they got this new contract that they gave Patrick Mahomes the most amount of money over the period of time than they've ever given anybody. They had the announcement that Travis Kelsey is now dating Taylor Swift. And that's going to change the media end of the questions that are going to be asked to him and the rest of the team. And that could create a little bit of a distraction. Then you got the Chris Jones returning after his absence there. Um, so, you know, uh, some of those things do interfere with preparation and I'm not saying it's going to, but it is always a concern in the back of my mind. Yeah. I I think they're used to it though. They've been on the big stage now, three Super Bowls in the last four years. They're getting grilled on uh, all those media coming from all over the world for three Super Bowls. I think they're kind of used to it now. Hey, listen, (laughs) there's not a, there's not a player on that team or has ever been with that organization. That's as popular as Swifty. (laughs) <laughs> so if you don't think if you don't think that there's going to be some weird questions asked to Kelsey, you're you know you're you're not you're not understanding, you know. And the, I know you're I, a big Swifty. No, I, I'm definitely not. I I, I I did see her with the, okay, the kids. Okay, there you go. Wait, I did not. Yeah, that's a conversation for Hyde Let Park. Hyde Park. Hyde Park in London. Hyde did Park. Did you in dance London. in public? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, my my buddy You're Pat Olson right and I, there. we had some adult beverages and we let the we let the ladies handle that. Right now, when you spend <laughs> over two thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars at Steinhoffel's, you'll score a one hundred dollar Bears Pro Shop gift card. Visit any one of their four Chicagoland locations in Vernon Hills, Crystal Lake, Downers Grove, and Harwood Heights, or shop online at Steinhoffel's dot com. Tom, final word. A uh, lot of distractions certainly going around, uh, but as a football team, uh, you have only one choice. You you get real 
insular, insular, you go to your meetings, you go to practice, you prepare, you go play and let the rest of everything else settle on the outside looking in. Is that easier said than done? Could you do that? Oh, you know, when you have an athlete like Justin, if you put him in the right position and make the defense vulnerable, you could talk about a game at the end of this afternoon that starts at 325 Kansas City time. He has 180 yards rushing. He got time of possession on offense. They give a chance to get some points to allow your defense to take those chances that we talked about. It's not out of the realm of possibility because they have to have defensive concerns when a guy like Justin is coming into the building. And after all the turmoil that was created today at the podium, now you got these guys on high alert. Tom, are we going to do the 50-50 raffle in Kansas City? Every, every stadium's got it. You've been a big proponent that the, the booth, Doug Coletti, Paul Zerang, Little Z, Myself, you, uh, Jason. Sil- Sil- Jason, Sylvie will be in the booth this week doing pregame. Well, he he's not going. He's not getting 50-50. <laughs> no. I mean, can we do it just once? Can we yes. just finally stop talking about it and actually yep. do it? Yes. Let's get Coletti on the case. Listen, it's a 325 start. We do game day live at the regular time, 1030 in the morning. We may have a chance to walk into the stadium, buy some 50-50 chances and Give us the best of luck. Yes, we'll talk about it on the on the podcast. And we're brought to you by PNC, official bank of the Bears. Tom, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Very everybody, good. for listening. Make sure you uh, subscribe on the Chicago Bears official app, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again to Chiefs play-by-play man Mitch Holtus. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Bear down, everybody. Have a great week.